Well, each Friday I send out an email with some cornerstone news. Uh, if you don't get that email, then you can fill out a little connect card uh, later and I'll, uh, I'll add you to the circulation list. Uh, but those of you who do receive it, and I, I, it's, it's most of you uh, here, um, I know that you read it very carefully, first of all, that's, uh, I'm sure about that. Um, and, and because you do read it carefully, you'll know that on Friday I posed, I posed a little question. I don't normally uh, do that in my email, but this week I did. And this is the question, do you think our culture... Do you think that uh, the people around us have too high or too low an opinion on the human body? Do you think our culture has too high or too low an opinion of the human body? I'm not going to ask for for feedback uh, right now. (coughs) You can tell me later. (coughs) You can tell me later what um, your thoughts were. But I'd suggest actually it's quite, it's quite a difficult question to answer because I think there are two very contrasting and opposing views regarding our bodies which, which are held uh, by the people that we live among, maybe even among some of us here this morning. So, so one dominant view that we find today is that the body, that the physical body, is, isn't really very important. It's just the, the house, the, the home for the real you. Throughout, throughout history, people to, to varying degrees have, have viewed the body that way. That they've viewed the body as something to be escaped from. That the real person is the, is the kind of the, the inner one. Many, many uh, religions have that idea at their core. That the hope, the nirvana for many is the idea of release, freedom. From, from the material, from the, from the fleshy, from the body. There's a, a big separation within lots of religions of the, of the spiritual from the, from the physical, from the material. And today, without um, a formal religious structure, that idea that the body isn't really very important is becoming increasingly common again, in the UK and elsewhere. Increasingly, you'll find a division between the person and the body. Nancy uh, Pearson is a Christian who's uh, written on this uh, topic. She's written a book recently called Love Thy Body. And in the book, she tries to expose her, her not loving the body not regarding the body as important, is, is played out in various ways in our, in our society. She notes a growing hostility towards the body and biology. So let me give you one uh, example. She, she argues that the, the biology of a baby in the womb points to the fact that the baby is human. Yet although the biology says that, the unborn baby is not by some, by many, considered to be a person with, with the rights and dignity that society may give to people. That the, the material, the body, doesn't seem to matter. In other areas of life, the, the biology, that the body is considered unimportant compared to the real person on the inside. 
how they feel, what their desires are, the, the, the cognitive abilities that a person has, that those things are considered primary compared to the, the outward, the body, the biology. You can ask me uh, more about those things later. But the opposing view <laughs> that's held by many in our culture is that the body is all that's important. That there's nothing more to life than the, than the physical, things that we can see and, and touch. There's, there's no God, there's no, there's no eternity, there's nothing spiritual. Therefore, we may as well just use our bodies to, to enjoy life in the here and now. We find it uh, in 1 Corinthians, there's a summary of that, 1 Corinthians 15, if you've still got your Bibles there, verse uh, 32. If, if there's nothing more to life, if there's no God, if this is it, well, let us eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. If our bodies is, if our bodies kind of all that matters, well, let's just enjoy ourselves with our bodies. We see the, the working out of this view in the way that people give so much time, so much money, so much effort in maintaining and improving their bodies. I read this week that the beauty product sales are worth £30 billion to the UK economy. That, that's, that's more than the, the motor industry generates. If, if the body is all that is important, then it's not surprising that people will invest vast amounts of, of money and time and energy to improve and maintain their bodies. But what should we think about our bodies if we're Christians, if we're followers of the Lord Jesus? Well, in, as Christians, we don't get our, our understanding from from culture around us, we shouldn't, but we get it from God's Word, the Bible. So we're going to look at, uh, briefly now, we're just going to look at five things that the Bible has to say about our, our bodies. There's lots more we could say, but I've just uh, limited to these five things. So firstly, uh, the headings are in the welcome sheet, they'll be on the screen as well. Firstly, we have a body and we also have a, a soul, a, a spirit. I'm not going to say too much on this point because uh, we looked at this idea last week. If you didn't, weren't here last week, maybe you could catch up um, via the podcast or on the website. But God's word is clear that we've got both a body, a physical body, and a soul or a spirit. I think those words are used uh, interchangeably. So we have a body, something that can be seen, something that's observable, something that's, that's outward. And we also have a soul, a, a, a spirit, something that can't, so easily be seen, something that is essentially inward, something that's connected to but is distinguishable from the body. Lots of places in the Bible where we get that idea that we're made up of, of body and soul. Uh, I read this last week, Genesis 2, verse 7, Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, that is the, the body, if you like, the physical, and then breathed life into his nostrils, the breath of life, so that man became a living being. There's more than just the, the physical going on there. 
Matthew 10, 28, Jesus said, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but, but cannot kill the soul. Again, these two things, the body and the, the soul. Lord Jesus on the cross, John 19, as he died, as he physically died, cried out, it is finished. And with that, he bowed up his head and bowed down his head and gave up his spirit. That the body and the spirit soul together make a person. Which is why we can't neatly separate the, the soul, the, the spiritual part of ourselves, from the material, the, the physical, the body. They are, they are separate, but we need to realize that, that they are connected. Which is why, if I can say this, the way that we look after our physical bodies can impact the way that we feel and think. It can impact us spiritually. If our, if our bodies are tired, if we're not resting, if we're not sleeping, if we're not eating and drinking properly, then those things, particularly over an extended period of time, will, will no doubt impact our, our relationship with the Lord Jesus. They, they, they will... <laughs> They, they're not just kind of outward things, that they, they impact our, our spiritual life, they impact our soul. We are body and spirit. We can't completely separate one from the other. We're not meant to. Last Sunday, um, when we were thinking about our minds, I, I spoke very briefly about um, uh, depression and someone's struggle with depression. I read, uh, I read this... Um, uh, in my preparation for, for last week, actually, a man who'd, who'd struggled with depression for an extended period of time, a Christian man. And he said this, if I skip lunch and dinner and read my Bible for 14 hours a day for the next three weeks, would I grow in godliness? I very much doubt it. The gospel teaches us that we are not machines, but we are creatures. And we're made as creatures with a body and a soul. And we can't neglect one and think the other won't be impacted. Secondly, the, the Bible tells us that we have amazing bodies, but they're spoiled and wasting away because of sin. Last week I said something that I never thought I'd say out loud. Um, I said that I'd got an amazing mind. And uh, this week I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add to that, I have got an amazing body. <laughs> and, uh, and furthermore, though, furthermore, so, so do you. So do you. We, we, we have amazing bodies. Maybe, maybe we're, we kind of concentrate on all the things that we can't do with our bodies, but we've got amazing bodies. Psalm 139, we read uh, these words of King David. You created me in my innermost being. You knit me together in mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Our, our bodies are, are amazing. The, the, way that they, the way that they work, the, the things that we can do as humans... Should, should remind us of the fact, as it did for King David, that, that we've been made, we've been designed by a creator 
God. But the story of the Bible tells us that that humanity, Adam and Eve, rejected the good creator God. And because of that that sin, that rejection, judgment came. And because of that, our, our bodies are subject to death and are actually wasting away. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, says this, Outwardly, we are wasting away, yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. Did you hear that? Our bodies, though they are amazing, they are essentially wasting away. They're subject to decay. One of my... Um, uh, I had a tooth that broke off a couple of weeks ago. I'm waiting to go to the dentist. A little reminder of that fact. <laughs> we're, we're decaying. Uh, inwardly, the encouragement is inwardly, we are being changed. Inwardly, if we, we're in Christ, inwardly, whether we recognize it or not, we are being changed for the better. Even, Paul says, you know, even through hard things, God is, is working in us to change us. We might not appreciate it at the time, but he's, inwardly, we are growing more like Christ. That's where we're heading. But outwardly, we are heading in the opposite direction. We are wasting away. We are subject to decay. And it is a hard thing for me to say, but you you know it already, that we know actually where our bodies are heading. They are heading for the grave. The coronavirus, I guess, has reminded people of something that most people want to to ignore and block out. I think partly that's why it's so much in the news. Because it's come into an area, it's come into a realm of our minds that we don't really, people don't really want to consider. That our bodies, our lives are fragile. We, We are subject to disease and decay. Ultimately, we're subject to, to death, and we try to, to, to block it out. We try to block those thoughts out. Society says, don't, don't want to go there. And every now and then, something happens where we're, we're faced with that reality. It's right to pray that this particular virus won't spread anymore. It's right and good to want to protect ourselves and protect others from it. It's right to care for people. All those things are good and right. And although we may very well uh, do that with regard to this particular virus, we do need to remind ourselves as Christians that ultimately we can't protect ourselves. We can't protect others from decay and one day from death. Outwardly, we are wasting away. Thirdly, let's note that our bodies are not meant as the source of our contentment. There is nothing wrong with wanting to to look our best. Beauty is is God's idea. It isn't a, a human idea. Nothing wrong with going to the gym or keeping fit. But if we think that the ultimate source of our contentment can be found in our appearance or in our fitness, then we're mistaken, and dangerously so. 
Romans 1, Paul says in Romans 1, that the people have exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. And, and the created things that people can worship is, can sometimes actually be their, their own bodies. Serving, worshipping their own bodies. And so many people sadly live that way. Hanging the, the hope of contentment on the way that they look, the way that they feel about their body. But because our bodies are wasting away, that, that's a false hope. And it will always end in disaster. It will always end with that contentment ultimately out of reach. Fourthly, let's note the importance of the body is seen in the person of Jesus. Any, uh, any idea that the body is something to be escaped from, something that isn't important for the Christian, that, that kind of thought should be ended with the birth of Jesus. Jesus, God himself, has a body. Let me say that again. God himself has a body. At Christmas, we remind ourselves, don't we, of the, the birth of the Lord Jesus, of, of Emmanuel, God, God coming down, taking on, on human flesh, becoming one of us, becoming fully human, so that ultimately he could, he could die in the place of humans like us. I think most of us as Christians are familiar with that idea that, that Jesus became a human. He, he took on a body. I think if I was to say, as, you know, if you're a Christian here this morning, do you, do you believe that? Well, it's pretty essential that you do. You'd say yes. But I think maybe our, our, the, we kind of don't then think on. <laughs> and remember that, that that isn't just a, a commitment that, that God, the Lord Jesus, made for 30 years or so. That eternally, God has a body. It's World Book Day this week. Uh, if, you're, if you're a teacher, maybe it's a terrible day for you. It's a terrible day for lots of parents, I know. Because um, lots, lots of teachers, children, have to, have to dress up as, a, as their favourite book character. Uh, Joe's brother, who's a deputy head teacher, uh, much to his pain and embarrassment, he had to, he had to go to school wearing Harry Potter pyjamas. It wasn't a good experience uh, for him. Many uh, parents have to think and make costumes for their children. Uh, children who either um, are really keen on this idea and want the best possible costume or children that have no desire at all and just want to go in their school uniform. I've got children in both camps. That makes it particularly uh, difficult. When Jesus became a human, he didn't just put on a body just for a short time. He didn't just dress up as a human, as it were. He didn't just become human for, for 30 years and then, and then kind of took it off in heaven and became the, the, the real son of God again. Jesus is forever one of us. 
He's got a body fit for eternity. Luke, who wrote the account of Jesus' birth, quotes an angel in Acts chapter 1 and says, this same Jesus, this same Jesus to the disciples that you can see with your eyes, this same Jesus that you have seen gone into heaven will come back again in the same way you have seen him go. The hope of the Christian is that one day we will see the Lord Jesus. We will be with the Lord Jesus in the new creation. The importance of the body is seen not just that Jesus had a body, but that he has a body for all eternity. Which leads us to our final point. Our bodies, if we are in Christ, will be resurrected. People used to think it was impossible to climb Mount Everest, but when Edmund Hillary and his team reached the summit, everyone knew it was possible. Since then, countless others have followed. And the resurrection of Jesus is the proof that there is physical life after death. When we think about life after death, to people generally, they kind of think, okay, that's in the future. To understand life after death, you don't think to the future. You think back, when has it already happened in history? Because it has happened once in history already. There has been life after death, and it happened with the resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus tells us that life after death is possible, and more than that, it sets a pattern which we will follow if we are in Christ, if we are trusting in him. Our resurrection as Christians will be like Christ's resurrection. We read earlier from 1 Corinthians 15, and if you look down, if you've got it open there, verse 20, we read about how Christ's resurrection is described as being the first fruit of a resurrection to come. When, when it's kind of harvest time and there's, there's the, the first tree and the first fruit on the tree, well, well the, the, the good news is not just, okay, there's one apple. The good news is, okay, I can see the first apple of the season. I know that there's more to come. More is coming. That's the idea. You see the first fruit. You celebrate the first fruit. Not just, oh, there's this one piece of fruit, as good as that is. You celebrate it because I think more are coming. That's how the resurrection of Jesus is. It is the first fruit. It is the promise of a physical, bodily resurrection to come. More than that, though, when you, the, the first fruit, it does set a pattern for the other fruits. If you see a tree and there's an apple on it, and uh, you don't say to yourself, oh, look, there's an apple there. Maybe if I hang around here, there'll be some bananas or oranges turn up in a while. There, there, is a, there is a consistency between the first fruit and the other fruit that will follow. It will be not identical, but it will be similar. There will be other apples on the apple tree. And so it is with the Lord Jesus. Jesus sets the pattern. His resurrection is the first fruit. It sets the pattern for what is to come. 
We haven't got time to think about this now, but the, the resurrected Jesus, he, he could walk and talk. He could touch. He, he could eat and drink. And therefore, we can be confident. So will we. There was continuity between Jesus' old body and his, his appearing post his death, his, his resurrection body. There wasn't an old body in the grave. There were not kind of two Jesuses, the one that, was, that died and was buried, and now over here there's a completely different Jesus. There's, a, there's another Jesus over there, but now this is a new Jesus. There, there's a continuity. It's the same Jesus. The same Jesus who was buried is raised to life. His, his hands had scars. People recognized him. There's continuity. And yet, at the same time, the things are, are gloriously different. We read in verse uh, 43 about the, the body that, that's so imperishable, it's raised imperishable. There's, there's a difference. If you're a Christian here this morning, you can look forward to having a new body, a body fit for eternity, a body that's not completely disconnected with who you are now, but a body that is renewed for eternity. And if maybe, maybe, maybe some of you, that idea isn't, isn't so appealing. Can I say to you, the, the reality is, the wonderful news is that not only will we have bodies that are fit for eternity, we'll have as we were thinking last week, we'll have minds that are fit for eternity. We'll, we'll, we'll think of the physical things. We'll think of our bodies in the right way. We are body and we are spirit. We are one person. And together we can look forward to a glorious future with the risen Lord Jesus. Maybe you've got questions from uh, things I've said. I realise I have to go quite quickly through that. Please, uh, please ask me questions uh, later. We'll be thinking about this more in our, our midweek groups this week. So bring your, your questions there. But now let's, um, let's pray together before we sing. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you are the great creator and thank you that you have designed us, you have made us. With, with, with amazing bodies. Thank you that we are fearfully made. We thank you for all the, the physical things that we can enjoy. E even, even today, we'll be enjoying things as physical beings. We thank you so much for that. We, we thank you that your love, your commitment to us was so great that you sent the Lord Jesus to become one of us, to become human. Thank you that that, that commitment wasn't, wasn't short-term. It involved the Lord Jesus giving everything he had. We thank you that the Lord Jesus was raised to life. And now he, he, he reigns with you in heaven. Thank you that, that those of us who trust in him will one day see him. We too will be raised. We'll have minds and bodies that are, that are fit for eternity where we will see the Lord Jesus and enjoy him forever. Thank you that, that death 
is something that we need not fear because we thank you that the resurrection hope is is sure through the Lord Jesus. Lord, help us to to consider these things more, help us to change our thinking, help us to view our bodies rightly, help us to encourage and speak to others rightly regarding these things. As we give you our thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.